The machines have taken over. I feel like we're about to be on some like War of the World shit. Yeah, on a spaceship. I mean, the set of like a, a early 2000s music video, which are all spaceships for some reason. Oops, I did it again. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Bring out the red latex. <laughs> it's the spaceship episode. <laughs> you look over at me, and I'm just suddenly in a red patent leather unitard. You're like, it was under my clothes <laughs> this whole time. Oh my god! Since we started the podcast yes. a year and a half ago. Oh my god, I forgot. Okay, <laughs> so this this was meant to arrive like a, a month ago what was? before valentine's day what I'm, was? I'm about to surprise you wait what i don't Hold like on. this i don't like this <laughs> live I, on the air oh god what are you doing i hate surprise ah nothing happened she just dropped something i hate surprises oh god she's running i don't like this. <laughs> i can't believe you're doing this at the beginning of an episode <laughs> no no i don't know what it is what is it shut the fuck up Oh my god! I was gonna do this for you for your birthday. <laughs> this is dope. I was going to surprise you for Valentine's Day. Oh my god! The artist just like ghosted it's... me for like a month. Wait, she what? She like ghosted me, the artist, and then I thought I was being scammed again, yet again. <laughs> and then finally, she was like, "Oh, sorry. Here's the illustration." Oh my god! Thank you. Okay, so Tynan and I. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is yeah, going on? I, I know, you have no idea. Tyne and I, we just send each other bullshit memes all day. And we found this one illustrator <laughs> we thought was really cool. And of course, she does like a ton of anime style illustrations of like all the pop girls like Ariana Grande, Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, and Lalisa. And then we like joked around. We're like, oh, we should get like our <laughs> portraits done for like a smell you later, like headshot or something. Yeah. So I got Dinan and his headshot done. This is so he looks like an anime character. So good. Yeah. It's me and my bald headed buzz cut <laughs> and a, a big eye, like big pink eyeshadow eyes, yes. which is very me and all my rings. Oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like freaking out. It's freaky because it actually looks like you. It looks so much like me. Like so many times. I don't know, like, you'll see illustrations of people, like, that looks nothing like that person. Right, like. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. The, I'm shook. I don't even, like, know what to do with it. I was like, this is going to be so weird because it's, like, a month late. But <laughs> I don't care. I love attention of any sort. Yes. I can't stop looking at it. I got to put this down. This is crazy. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Happy Valentine's Day to me exactly. again. One month later, Sorry. after the aftershock. <laughs> Honestly, that audio is going to be crazy. Me yeah. screaming into the mic for three minutes. Wow. It's a hot open to the show. <laughs> Completely. Live surprises. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, whew. <laughs> gonna pat myself down after that one. Wow. Visibly sweating. I was fully gonna get you that for your birthday. No. <laughs> <laughs> you still can. I think I'm still going to. Yeah. It's so good after seeing it. Yeah, that'd so be funny if she was like, wait, I just did a commission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I gotta order it now, apparently. Yeah. We have to post this on our Instagram because like yes. all these listeners are gonna be like, okay, clowns, yes, yes, what the should, fuck's going should, on? Yes, and, and a visual and a compliment. I started sweating one. so much. <laughs> you really don't like surprises. I really don't like surprises. Every day with you is a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Sable has once again 
trolled me with <laughs> a box of sour candy Sugar. on the, sitting in between us on this table that we're recording <laughs> at and like all i'm doing is staring at it and salivating i'm sour eat candy it. as they say i don't want to eat into the mic sour candy oh my god <laughs> i'm going to the chromatica ball whoa <laughs> yeah where um MetLife stadium in queens i don't know so i have a copy in my i mouth. thought it was in jersey sure i don't know what baseball is man i don't know either <laughs> yeah Lady Gaga's tour was supposed to happen pre-pandemic and then it obviously got pushed and pushed and pushed and it's sort of since like House of Gucci happened mm-hmm, and she was on mm-hmm. that Oscar campaign for a nomination that she did not get. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she was really hoping for that. Yeah, I, it just sort of became like a joke that mm-hmm. this tour was never going to happen but they weren't going to refund you. And then I think on Monday they were just like, here are the dates and... Wait, so did you get tickets beforehand? No, Fran was like, should we go? And I'm like, bitch, these have been sold out. Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I was like, oh, there are fully a ton of tickets still available. Ooh. And then so we got them like idiots. It's going to be so It'll be fun. fun. It's going to be so gay. Oh, it will be totally gay. I love it. Completely. I've seen every tour she's done. So I like oh, might as well. Yeah, this will be fun because it's in the stadium. She's also playing Wrigley Field in Chicago, which I would like die. That's to interesting see. that she's playing like sports stadiums. Because I think because of Vegas, she didn't want to do a whole tour. Oh. So she's like, no, you're going to come to me. Mm-hmm. And come to my baseball field she's <laughs> not gonna want to fucking do that show no she's gonna come out there in her like how to gucci attire <laughs> be like jazz and piano i always think it's interesting when performers who have a stage name and then they like switch performance avenues like they continue using their stage name mm-hmm. like lady gaga the musical artist is also lady gaga the actress yeah. instead of like going by her government name mm-hmm. stephanie germanota mm-hmm. so i'm like why do they i wonder why that is because no one know who she is say stephanie germanota yeah. people are like what i think i feel like lady gaga is famous enough for a lot of people know her real name oh but like she did the whole like long game to like win your parents heart hmm. you know what i mean from like the judy garland performance to the super bowl to stars born but she's this. also like she is like a chameleon her entire career <laughs> so like i feel like she'd be comfortable using multiple names but i think because she is a, such a chameleon mm. you do need the lady gaga umbrella because mm. she comes out in a brunette wig and sunglasses you know who the fuck she is yeah you know no, you do because like, she's two feet tall well, but yeah same with like aquafina yeah like aquafina started doing like serious acting and it's like <laughs> the farewell starring aquafina <laughs> I was like, all right, this like indie drama. <laughs> like, I kind of like that though. <laughs> I was like, just go. Like, why not Nora? Like, what's wrong with that? I kind of like that my parents gave me like kind of a weird name mm. because like I feel like like I don't. Were even... you always called Tynan? Like mm-hmm. even when you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's my name. Right, but it's yeah. your middle it's my middle name okay. yeah but I've, i the plan was always to call me right, tiny right, right. so now going to banks and airports is a <laughs> real bitch like, <laughs> okay don't t- you can't I'm not allowed to say that <laughs> no one can know no, no one can know my government name. uh yeah so I, I like having a weird name now but i did not like it when i was a kid right i just feel like it puts you on a first name basis with everyone mm, and i love that it does like, yeah, yeah yeah like beyonce yeah madonna exactly yeah exactly wait did kids ever like make fun of your name when you were no they made fun of me because i was a fag oh okay you know so th- I, yeah they could pick and choose yeah and his name's tiny and he's like, short <laughs> and he's gay and he's got a weird name like i never had any hope and look what i turned into a literal anime illustration yes 
kids made fun of my name, but I don't think they knew they were making fun. They were just like, they just insisted on saying it incorrectly. And then I just like... How do you fuck up Sable? They would always say Stable. Oh. And like, oh. it's like everybody's like initially said it. It wasn't like a thing. Like everyone, when you know, you're a kid, you're like, hi, I'm Sable. And they'd be like, Stable? And I'm like, did I fucking stutter? Because <laughs> they're so stupid. What did you just fucking <laughs> manifest yeah. a consonant in the middle of that fucking word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like, it's a word. It rhymes with table. Right. Mabel, cable. Like, right. can you fucking read? The answer yeah. is no. People are always like, oh, that's weird. Can I call you Ty? I'm like, no. No. Use my fucking name. Like, it's two syllables. You, it's not very Exactly. Long. And it's not hard. And even if it is, or like, it's a, even if it's a bunch of syllables, like, use someone's name. Have yeah. some fucking respect. Yeah. It's their name. That's all they got. Yeah. Ugh. Ty, ew. <laughs> yeah, ew. <laughs> Can't shorten Sable without sounding stupid. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> yeah, how odd for us. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, not okay. Sable's just eating candy on this. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to run the show. <laughs> Sable is <laughs> eating gummy candy. It's fine. You know what happened to me if I eat too much of those? My brain will fry. True. It's a sugar deficit hour. It really is. Yeah, we have... I came straight from the office. I'm sure you haven't eaten in a while. So we're... My brain is styrofoam. Styrofoam. Yes. Styrofoam brain. It's fine. Fine. Tynan, what do you smell like today? Okay. I am so excited about this one. It... it uh. So sometimes I'm like, do I talk too much on this show? <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> and uh, I, when I was editing... The, I think it was last week. I was like, you talked about that. You answered that question for like 14 fucking minutes. <laughs> God, but I had some shit to say. It it's is the way we do it. It is the way. Yeah. So, all right. This is not new by any means. And what? It doesn't matter. I am wearing Philosophy's Fresh Cream. Is that the name of the scent or is the cream the thing? No, that's the name of the scent. Okay. 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 It's a It's a fine fragrance. Got it. I got in touch with the brand because of one reason or another recently, and they were like, let us send you some shit. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And I was trolling their site, and a lot of it is stuff that I wouldn't respond to. It's a ton of florals, blah, blah, blah. It's a mom brand. We love it. It is a mom brand. Uh, But I saw this- Moms uh, need brands. Moms need brands. And I saw this fragrance called Fresh Cream, and I was like, even by name, Mm -hmm. that interests me. And then I like- looked at the minimal fragrance copy and I was like, okay, that sounds up my alley. Just sweet, creamy, whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. fine, send it. Dude, this mm-hmm. is wild. It, like, I I've hesitate to, what is going on? It's a, there's a huge pit bull that lives above me. Okay. And he does this, just. I love that. Rolling around. It sounds like someone's <laughs> bowling with like it really does like boulders <laughs> like truly it does I don't know what this does and then like you hear it barking and I'm like oh it's a dog okay huh. okay anyway <laughs> I'm always hesitant to say I've never smelled anything like this before because there's nothing new under the sun whatever I don't mean to be down or whatever but I've never smelled anything like this before <laughs> it's nuts it's very simple and it's very exactly what it is Mm -hmm. but it's very good it's very pleasing fresh cream smells like fresh cream okay that could mean a lot of things it smells it smells like milk okay like what kind of cream like i I don't know fresh cream like (laughs) what i'm fresh or fresh cream (laughs) like it, it smells like a glass of whole milk Mm. and then wrapped in also Mm -hmm. like 
like sweet, a cream puff. sweetness, yeah. whipped cream. But there's, but not because I don't know how to say this be, because it smells like, yeah, it's a little sweet because cream is a little sweet, but it's also sort of salty. Ooh. You know, it smells like almost, Balance. it's almost like a Demeter scent. Oh. It's, it's more elevated. It's and like it's literal? M- more thoughtful, but it's mm-hmm. very literal and very pleasing. It's at one point, you know, milky and it's a, another point like a soft sweetness and then like a really gauzy saltiness to it as well it just smells like what it is and also something better than that and also it smells like skin Ooh. people talk up and down about sandalwood being a skin scent yeah. and and uh what am i fucking trying to say musk musk being a skin scent and ice be super <laughs> not like it's milk and it's cream this smells like a baby's head Ooh, it's is this new crazy no it's from 2013 it's almost oh, 10 years old interesting like i don't know it's nuts <laughs> and like i really love it's very it's pretty <clears throat> soft it's not gonna can you smell it on me i reapplied it because i hope that you would oh yeah yeah right it smells so familiar too really maybe i mean if it's from 2013 maybe i smelled it before maybe. but it smells for like a split second i felt like i was taken back to like trolling like sephora mm. when i was in high school yeah like that's what it's smell- remember when like desserts were yes like, oh my god everywhere jessica simpson yes yeah like that's kind of what it smells like but but not in a like in a very soft way yeah, it's, yeah the sweetness is so soft and the whole idea is so pulled through mm-hmm. it's almost like human in a weird way Ooh. it's weird <laughs> but yeah i mean of anything this is a skin scent it's a very comforting yeah it's yeah. like a comforting sweet desserty skin scent yeah and yeah. like i'm famously lactose intolerant so <laughs> I, you know i can't negotiate milk on or dairy in any capacity but this i can fuck with and i really do and, and again it's not like my favorite but i'm so impressed by it mm-hmm. i love just like letting it cook under a sweatshirt and yeah because it's just like a soft sweetness that like yeah. you can't smell unless you're i would close love that as like a body butter yeah they probably like have body, it they yeah i'm sure they have a franchise body line. out everything that's true they have a couple flankers of this one of them yeah. being i think sweet cream warm cashmere or soft cashmere Ooh, yeah i remember the cashmere ones and that's really beautiful but that takes away everything that's cool about yeah, it because yeah, it adds yeah. more ideas this is it i mean i don't know i i'm now i'm just gonna fucking talk I feel in like circles philosophy is like the dr bronner's of sephora just because all their bottles have like so much text so on them. much copy on it <laughs> so yeah. much copy on it you're like reading a novel on totally the totally and that makes any sense yeah. <laughs> anyway that's what i'm wearing i can't like stop thinking about yeah. it and i really fresh is still like around are they still in sephora philosophy philosophy i always think that's they're right. fresh too. yeah yeah, yeah. philosophy's they're in sephora they have yeah 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 yeah. and they yeah. I, wait i th- that i don't know i think so okay i think they have like an end cap at least because yeah i feel like they were so hot at sephora mm-hmm. when i was a teenager and then like it got quiet and i yeah. like, kind of forgot about them amazing grace their hero yeah, yeah. fine fragrance was the best-selling fine fragrance up until very very recently and and i was mm-hmm. like best-selling as to what and they're like no like best-selling period of like, all perfume yes wow. like npd you know how they like yeah, do yeah. All those ranks. but like, like in the u.s like in the world that i can't answer probably maybe just u.s okay but um i mean being number one that's crazy crazy yeah. right anyway that's nuts that's what i'm wearing i'm obsessed with wow. it 
really fresh cream knocked my wig off <laughs> sable yes what do you smell like today i smell like yet again another flanker of ysl black opium illicit green when you said another flanker i was like are we still on the mugler train <laughs> Actually, I'm expecting one to arrive tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I I was smart that time, and I bought the little tester first, and I was like, yeah, I actually like this. And yeah. then I bought the full size. But I talked about that one last week. So now I'm talking about YSL Black Opium Illicit Green. Let me start off by saying there's not really anything illicit about this. Yeah. And as far as green goes, I feel like the only thing green is really like the bottle. Oh, yeah. The clear part of the bottle is green, like a neon green. But... Well- it smells oh. a lot like the similar black opium, but it's a little bit softer. It's supposed to be, it's allegedly a floral, fruity gourmand. Floral, fruity gourmand. Yeah. Okay. And oh, wow. Does it not just smell like the original? It smells a lot like it, yeah. Yeah. And so this flanker has fig, fig leaf, pear, and green mandarin on top of the regular i guess the regular sauce and the visuals really focus on the fig right yeah yeah the visuals are just like green mandarin and fig and i'm like okay like so what's i don't get citrus at all oh, green mandarin yeah, is that green it mandarin. yeah i don't get citrus i don't get either. citrus is green mandarin meant to smell citrusy i don't know girl i don't know oh, man yeah i'm sure it's a mandarin i don't know my fruit does that even exist a green mandarin yeah I mean, I would hope so because they say it's in here. Oh, as if a brand would never lie to us. That's true. Trust no bitch. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. The rind is green, not the fruit. Right, right. Girl, that's a lime. Bitch, it's a lime. <laughs> they should have a lime in this. But yeah, it's, I don't really get citrus. Fig, I feel like fig is one of those notes that smells different in every scent depending on what's around it. Yes. Like that, like. When I think of fig, I think of like Diaz and Durga Debaser. Yes, same. And that smells like wildly different than this. Oh, I wish I was wearing that right now. Yeah. So this one's got pear, fig leaf, green mandarin, fig, jasmine, orange blossom, bourbon, vanilla, coffee, and patchouli. That's, you know, the the regulars. It is really nice. I mean, yeah. if you're expecting something really different than black opium, like, shh, this isn't it. But also that. Also that. Yeah. It just like kind of smells like a, a slightly lighter, slightly fruitier version of the original, which is not bad. Like I like the original, but like, yeah, I would just, say like, I'm kind of just like, oh, that reminds me of something from yeah. like my childhood. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, I like, nice. I like black opium intense yeah. so goddamn extreme. much. Yeah. There is an extreme and there's an intense. Oh, is there? Yes. Which one do I like? Extreme. Extreme. Yeah. Extreme is our favorite because yes. that's the one that just pumps up the coffee. Yes. Love that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I mean, like, do I think it's different or am I just saying what I think I should say? Like, it's they're very similar. <laughs> they're very similar. Okay. I think extreme, that's noticeably different. Yes. Extreme yes. is noticeably but e- different. But even that, though, they're very much from the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, extreme, you know... It has the original DNA in it, yeah. but it just amplifies the parts we love, yes. which is like all the earthy bass notes. Yeah. And this kind of just, it like adds like a little dash of like fruit on top. I, yeah. guess. I, I don't know. I mean, they keep making these flankers. So, okay. I am surprised by how, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> Fuck these brands. But I am surprised by how much of a fast follow Black Opium Green was to Black Opium Extreme. They're about a, a year apart. Was, did Extreme, you do that a year ago? Extreme came out last year, yeah. I, like a full year? Well, I actually, feel like yeah. they put out a flanker every year yeah. of black opium. Hmm. 
but they're a lot of them are limited edition yeah there's there's a couple that are around there's like neon there's one neon something yeah so there there's an intense there's an extreme black opium nuit blanche white night black opium neon black opium floral shock god damn there are a lot of flavors (laughs) a lot of them also are just different designs of the bottle though that's fair. Yeah, I can tell that all of those yeah, are limited. Like a black opium baby cat collector. I okay. think that's just a bottle. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> so who can tell? Hmm. Who can tell? But I think it's just one of their wow, my voice. <laughs> Girl, you why, what is going on with you? Dude, this cough will not go away. It's I, so annoying. It's worse than it was last week. It's like about the same. I went to urgent care, they gave me a Z back and I was like, okay. What's a Z back? It's like antibiotics. Oh. But What's weird is like everything I read is that bronchitis is a viral infection, so you can't treat it with antibiotics. <laughs> but they were just like, "Here you go." It's like, okay, I guess this is better than nothing. But whatever. So I'll just still got the black lung. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like it's not getting any better. But it's not getting any worse. Yeah. So I'm like, is this just how I live now? Right. <gasps> no. Anyway, black opium, illicit green. Sure. Right. Yeah it's here why not go with extreme yeah go with extreme they had a party that we weren't invited to (laughs) i don't give a shit yeah i just saw it on all the other influencers (laughs) instagram stories also like it was like a huge it looked like a huge nightclub like a very edgy nightclub and there were so many people there that i was like i don't think i'd want to go to that anyway my dumbass would have been there yeah and then we (laughs) saw like all these people who are like I can't believe they made like an addiction themed party or something. They were like criticizing there were cocktails having the language of like addiction in it. Like all of black opium and opium talks about itself being addictive. Like I am all about shitting on a yeah. brand, please. But also don't go to a party celebrating yeah. black opium and then and be, then be shocked. surprised <laughs> that like a cocktail has like a reference in it. Yeah. And then drag them on instagram that's just a bad look for you yeah. like all these brands can go to hell but come on like you know what you're walking into i don't think people do <laughs> like first of all the having a scent called opium should raise a flag yes and black opium being a descendant of that like sure but it, then the fact that the language is all about and they do say it like ysl is very like this addictive scent well, blah 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 wait i'm looking at the menu right now it's just called black opium addiction the cocktail yeah that's what the fucking fragrance is called yeah and okay illicit thrill that's that could be on any menu yeah i don't know it was maybe maybe richie listen i love drama yeah that's not a fight i would have started it's not mostly just because i'm like you had to go to a party to realize this like you couldn't just look at look at it also that come on i guess i don't know i mean like fully the whole like addiction angle with a fragrance called opium is like pretty tone deaf yeah <laughs> in this economy <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty tired yeah it's pretty tired but like and, i would not have been surprised to see that there obviously and i and i get the the flanker of it all i get you know because this is the opium itself is not a new scent, and you want to no. keep you know keep the franchise going and keep cashing checks sure sure and clearly not enough people are bothered by the opium name and concept to yeah it's like not one of their top buy it yeah. so like this doesn't surprise me and yeah it's like not good okay they could figure out a way to like 
just not say addictive in the language that's surrounding true. it. That's like, true. Like you can keep the name and just like because opium in and of itself is just a thing. That's true. There's no like morality to a name. Yeah. But and guess what? No one reads fragrance copy anyway. Apparently they do, and they yeah, don't like mm-hmm. it. Apparently they read drink menus. Yeah. <laughs> they do read. They do be reading. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we don't care. Okay. And it's a celebrity fragrance, and. I actually, for once, do not give a shit. Uh-huh. And it's shocking oh. because the things I would do to this man. But Mal- <laughs> Maluma is coming out with a f- two fragrances. Okay. And that's it. I okay. like. I do want to get my hands He's on them. He's a singer. He's a singer. Okay. And he is fine. Okay. I do want to get my hands on them because obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just, I think that's where it begins and ends. That's and like, where it begins and ends. You know, I don't know. I like that they seem to be ungendered. I like that he's releasing two but it's not mm-hmm. like for men for women mm-hmm. i could be wrong about that but i think i did my homework so i'm trying to track those down at the moment because i am curious oh because because i know who worked on them who uh oh okay so um <laughs> yeah but uh i'm like couldn't be less bothered by them and that's not a shade to celebrity fragrances or maluma i'm just like i oh you know it's you know what it is he's a man okay why would i care <laughs> You know? Men on this podcast? Please. <laughs> never that. Oh my God. I'm sad I didn't do more crimes on International Women's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Went outside and there was a man out there on International Women's Day. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, a happy International Women's Day. And then it was like, oh no, it was like, women. <laughs> That's enough feminism for today. <laughs> I love that. Yes, my inbox was inundated with all all kinds of girl bossery. Dude, these... Yeah. And I know that I'm a man, so I shouldn't be critiquing this, or like maybe I should, I don't fucking know, but... Uh, you can critique it. Yeah. The amount of National Women's Day pitches that I got, I'm like, are we still pitching yeah. this tone deafly? A women-founded brand. Not even. Like, celebrate National Women's Day with this red lipstick. Oh, like, yeah. what? <laughs> Where can we work a little harder? I'm yeah. screaming into this microphone. Sorry. Can we, like, I don't know. It's just a lot of like, here are all of our women CEOs, mm-hmm. and I was like, I mean, at best, working on Women's Day, <laughs> <laughs> labor, absolutely not. Sounds wrong. Yeah, it sounds wrong to me. That's not the. That's not the spin <laughs> you think it is. No, I rebelled by not working. I celebrated by not working at all. <laughs> economic achievement that's for men that's for men <laughs> and and barely yeah <laughs> i'm very excited because i think you're about to snap on this episode yeah a little bit we <laughs> have been talking and talking about yeah. ai artificial okay. intelligence this is a tech podcast this is a tech podcast as you know <laughs> yeah i'm being really fucking loud i no. no okay and we have heard we've heard about this technology at Givadon, Givadon, one of the biggest perfume houses in the world that, well, I don't really know what it does. We don't really know. We were intrigued by it. I found out about it through Etat Libre d'Orange. They have a scent that they said was created using AI. Mm-hmm. So I was like, skirt, skirt, what's mm-hmm. that about? And it's like, we worked with Jivadon and their proprietary technology to create this AI-driven scent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, tell me more. And the thing about Jivadon, I think I can say this, is that they can't talk about the fragrances that they do. 
I think like every perfume house is like that. Yeah. So one fucking interviewing anyone from there is sort of hard because I'm like, no, like who? But we (laughs) can't get that out of them. That's it, which is fine. But so it was odd that we saw. Yeah. 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 I thought it was strange that they called it out because normally fragrance houses, companies, they're like very hush hush. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Want to put, which is weird. Cause like, why wouldn't you claim it? Maybe it's like a brand, like certain brands don't want that information. Like they don't want to. Well, I think if I like know. we're Mark Jacobs to win an award, Mark Jacobs wants yeah. that award, not Jividon. I don't know if Jividon does Mark Jacobs. But. I, yeah. But like, for instance, like our man, Rodrigo Flores Rue King. worked on a couple of Tom Ford scents mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, I can't talk about them legally. But I'm like, but we already, it's public knowledge it's that public, you worked on exactly, them. So it's yeah. like, why can't you talk about it? Right. Like, that's the weird part to me. Yeah. Anyway, when this brand called out Carto and Jividan, we got right on Google mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and started doing some. We did some Googles because we want to learn more because we want someone who actually knows what they're talking about yes. when it comes to fragrance and AI to yeah. school us. Yeah. So we have a Jividan perfumer, Dana Schmidt, on the pod today. She has a background in science, so she made the jump from science to fragrance, which I always think is fascinating because they're very connected. Yeah. And we're just going to be like, tell us the robot. Tell right. us all about the robot. Right. Tell us the secrets. <laughs> tell us the secrets sent. What is the date? It's like data, col- like how data collection is like the hot topic now. Yeah. How is fra- big fragrance collecting our data? <laughs> right, right. And are they? It's, and are they? How does that work? Yeah. yeah. Let's just get right into it. My name is Dana Schmidt, and I am a perfumer at Jividon. So um, a perfumer, for people who don't know, is the person who creates fragrances from everything. Like I've done hand sanitizers and candles, as well as fine fragrance. So it's really my job to write the formulas that then hopefully smell beautiful or smell <laughs> like whatever the, end, the client wants it to smell like, essentially. Cool. That's so yeah. cool. And uh, we also start every episode by asking our guests, Dana, what do you smell like today? Uh, it's interesting you ask me because normally <laughs> I smell very neutral. We actually don't wear fragrance to the office because it can mm. like twofold. One, it can kind of bother you as you're working potentially. Yeah. But then also we want to have the opportunity to have people with clean skin, as we say, <laughs> so that we can smell on them and smell what we're developing on skin. But today, actually, when I left, I sprayed myself with uh, a little accord I'm working on, which is like this sea salt and watermelon pairing. Ooh, Ooh, uh, sounds really cool. I love that. Yeah, the idea was just sort of like this new freshness, and I wanted it to be pretty um, gender neutral and fun. So it's just something I'm doing for myself, and that's what I smell like right now. That's so cool. That I was so cool. I was gonna ask if you're just like riffing on an accord like that. Do you? I was gonna ask. Do you? Ha- is there an end game in mind for it? But you're just doing it for yourself. I mean, like yes and no. I think the idea is always that one day it might inspire somebody, um, and they might want it for themselves. So like a client. Mm-hmm. But you know, currently I'm just playing with it because. I'm having fun. <laughs> I love that. That sounds so fun. Sounds I want to so be a perfume. I know. <laughs> I have a question that we did not brief you on, but um, <laughs> it just, okay. it, it's something it, uh, off of what you just said. So you said that you have done everything from like hand sanitizers to fine fragrance, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
how what is the process of developing a scent for a hand sanitizer? How does that differ from developing a fine fragrance? Because I often think of hand sanitizers as being so like caustic and so alcoholy, whereas mm-hmm. fine fragrances you know, beautiful and it's perfume. So do you, how does that approach differ on your end? Well, first of all, hand sanitizer, I think there's actually a little more room to play in a way because there's a function. So it's got to smell clean, Mm. but people are willing to accept like all kinds of things in a hand sanitizer because it's just a, um, just like a bonus to have a fun scented hand sanitizer. right? Right. Whereas a fine fragrance is a luxury item that you are like very, carefully curating your fine fragrance collection and you when you wear it you're really trying to say something about yourself and your mood and you know whatever so it's kind of like on my end actually technically it's pretty similar because they're both alcohol based Mm -hmm. so i don't you don't necessarily have to think about you know there's not any extra technical implications but it's just two different approaches Okay. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I, I didn't yeah. realize. I There's didn't... like the expectation of what a hand sanitizer mm-hmm. should smell like versus what a fine fragrance should smell like. Exactly. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah, I guess I didn't think that they are both yeah. alcohol based. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, like I think, you know, I, I don't work on this, but there are people who have to put fragrance in like bleaches and hair dye oh, right. yeah. and like toilet blocks. Yeah. So those types of things can have like significant technical implications but yeah hand sanitizer you don't have that problem that's so cool cool so you have a background in chemistry is that right i do that is right (laughs) in organofluorine chemistry is what i worked on yes exactly creating new carbon fluorine bonds so niche (laughs) it is it is really niche it was interesting because you're taking me back but carbon fluorine bonds are the strongest bonds in, in organic chemistry. And that kind of means that they are the toughest to do selectively, meaning like to put them exactly where you want them to be. So it was an interesting lab to be in. And there's a lot of, I did feel like we were not necessarily on the cusp, but those types of molecules are really interesting in the pharmaceutical industry and mm. in the like, not plastics, now I'm blanking, <laughs> but there's like a lot of medical purposes and mm. material science applications. So yeah, I just felt like I was really part of future chemicals that would be helpful to people. That is so cool. Yeah, and then yeah. to take that into a career in perfume is really interesting because I suppose like fragrance formulation, you could liken that to chemistry a bit, but molecule, I mean, yeah, molecules as well. Like how did, yeah. how did you get from, from, like a lab, a science lab to a perfume house. Right. So I didn't know what I was getting into when I when <laughs> I became a chemist. We never do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to try things to to decide if you like them or not, right? Absolutely. And so I was attracted to the department because I really loved the theoretical aspect of it. Like I, I loved Orgo. That's what made me fall in love with chemistry was the puzzle of it, that it was really problem solving. And so theoretically, it was super interesting to me. And then I joined the lab. And this is all in my, you know, bachelor's undergraduate. Mm -hmm. I never went on to get a master's, but I thought, you know, well, maybe I will either get a PhD or I also thought potentially I might be a patent lawyer. That was another avenue that was possible. But in starting to do like bench work, 
I realized how tedious and boring it was and, you know, not, <laughs> not for me. So uh, I was kind of at a loss because everybody in the department, like, I mean, it was truly 50% of the people were going to go on to be, you know, PhD students. And mm-hmm. the other 50% were pre-med. Mm-hmm. And wow. that was another thing that I absolutely knew that I didn't want to do. So I kind of was just like, you know, I'm killing myself. This is not like an easy course load. And why, you know, what am I going to do with this degree? Which is funny because people always say with a science degree, you can do anything. (laughs) But I was just like, it just seems so silly to me. And I really fell into the industry. So I, I got super lucky in that way. I have always been a little bit of a Francophile. And my friend was studying abroad in Paris. And so I said, great, it's the perfect excuse to go to Paris. I mean, not that anyone needs an excuse to yeah. go to Paris. <laughs> great. And, um, and so I was wandering around the city all day because she was in classes and I could do whatever I wanted to do as a tourist. And there's a museum there called the Perfume Museum. And I just thought, you know, how perfect, like how French. I'm, of course, going to go to this museum which I had already, you know, loved fragrances. I had my mini collection and I had always had this weird inclination to like smelling things or trying to guess what was like, if there was a random smell, like a phantom smell, I was always like, hmm, I wonder what that is. So anyway, so I went to the, went to the museum and they started to explain the industry that was like, it was really like peeking behind the curtain. I had never heard of perfumers before or just the concept that there was somebody intentionally making all of these smells in our, you know, soaps and shampoos mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. So they were explaining you had to have a background in science or was uh-huh. it chemistry? I forget, but you know, science at the very least, you had to be creative and you had to have a good sense of smell. Hmm. And now at the same time, because I was so, as I said, my course load was so heavy, all of sort of my creative pastimes had fallen off because they were pastimes and I didn't mm-hmm. have any extra time. Right. So I really was like, this is perfect for me. And I know, you know, I know I'm good at science. I know I'm creative. Do I have a good sense of smell? Like <laughs> that I don't know about, but I, I thought it was a distinct possibility. So it was really a calling, I felt like. And when I got back home, I just started learning as much as I could on my own, you know, thanks to Google, honestly. And mm-hmm. um and whatever books I could get my hands on. And so when I graduated, I immediately set out to get a job in the industry. Wow. That's so cool. So you yeah. really can do anything with a science degree. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. It, it's, it worked out for me. Yeah. It's funny. I think Sable, both Sable and myself are sort of the kind of people who find something that we love and just like figure it the fuck out. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we both have, we're lucky to have careers in yeah. beauty, but you know, we just by the luck of the draw and some hard work and really just like figuring out how to do it. Yeah. We made it happen, I guess. And and so did you. So I feel like we have, we all have that in common. Absolutely. We're all a little scrappy. Yeah. It's like, thank God <laughs> yeah. for Google. Like you said. Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, seriously. I've thought about that. Like Americans 50 years ago, it just shocks me that they could even get in the industry because I'm like, you know, Again, thanks yeah. to Google, like, yeah. I would not have known how to find any we're information. All, we're right. all Google scholars here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about a little bit how your love of fragrance started? Like, when did you know that you were obsessed with it? Uh, where that came from? 
So I don't actually know how it started. I mean, I think it's just like, how do you... You just like you know, smelling stuff? Yeah. Like if somebody yeah. asks you, why is I'm your like, favorite color, whatever yeah. color, you know, you don't really have an answer. Um, but I, I can tell you that I remember growing up, my favorite store when we would go to the mall was Bath and Body Works. And my friend hated it and hated me for it because I would always drag her. You know, we were like 10 or whatever, wandering around the mall. And I would force her to spend like an hour in Bath and Body Works with me just smelling every single (laughs) scent that they had out there. And yeah, it's just, I've always had this, this draw to it. It just makes me happy. So... Absolutely. There you go. (laughs) Bath and Body Works was also our gateway to scent. Yes. Bath and Body Works put us all on. The obsession with certain scents, like at the school I went to, it was like this elitist scope of like (laughs) which which girls wore the hot scents and which girls. (laughs) Oh, wait, Dana, though, which was your Bath and Body Works scent? Yeah. So I'm a child of the 90s, a true child of the 90s. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was cucumber melon. Yes. Hey. Yes. That was a classic. I was a warm vanilla sugar girl. I still mm. am. Wait, Sable, what was yours? I think mine was the Freesia one. Yes. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. It says a lot about you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. which Bath and Body Works yeah. you loved. It Absolutely. does. It really does. I will say <laughs> I had a close second, which was Sweet Pea. Oh, Sweet Pea was it? Yeah. yeah. That was a banger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it still uh, is. It still is. <laughs> bringing me back. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about Carto and how it helps in the creation of fragrances? Yeah. So Carto is a way that we are leveraging technology to foster creativity. So it's really a tool that's in two pieces. And one is a digital creative interface. And then the other piece is a microsampling robot. So cool. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's like it's two pieces that are separate and together for me, where the power is. But there's the interface, which is more the like AI piece that I think you're super interested in. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the microsampling robot is actually equally important for me because what it means is that you can get your wild idea, you can get it back within a matter of minutes. And this, I think, really liberates us in a way to be daring in our ideas Because as it stands, if I have an idea and I send it to the lab, I might have to wait, you know, a couple of days to get it back. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so usually I'm I'm working for a client. And so I kind of um, am not willing to risk sending anything too wild because I know that somebody's waiting for the end result. Right. Right. But if that time constraint is eliminated, if there's something that's not great, I can go back and redo it immediately. And again, just wait a couple more minutes. So as I said, like the two pieces are, are quite powerful, but that is Carto as a whole. And it really came about from the vision of our director of the perfumery school, Khalees Becker. Mm-hmm. It was oh. really her vision to bring perfumers back to their organ. Now, this is how perfumers used to create really back at the start of what we would call modern perfumery, the perfumer was actually mixing their own formulas. And so it gave them a lot of control and instant input to smell as they were going, smell what they were doing, but then the things that they were adding and adapt as they went. Uh, and you know, with modern technology of we write our 
formulas on the computer. We send them to the lab. We, um, we're so removed from the process oh, of making wow. our, our own formulas that um, CARTO is actually a way that we're, you know, weirdly going back to the beginning. Oh, wow. I had no idea that there was <clears throat> so much distance between your formula and then like when you got to actually smell it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because at the at the perfumery school, the students are in charge of making their own formulas. So right. it it was like that that time. And I will tell you, it's a it's you know, it's a full time job. It's actually the first job I had at Jividon was working in the lab making the formulas. Mm-hmm. And then when I was at the perfumery school, you know, half my day was spent writing the formulas and thinking about what I was going to do, and then the second half of the day was spent making the formulas. So. Because, you know, we have so much work on our plates, which is a great thing that actual, you know, mixing of the formulas is not a part of our job today. And pros and cons, we can get more formulas in the lab, but we are removed from making them. I really thought it was like like a Hogwarts lab where you're just like mixing vials together. (laughs) Wait, same. So what is that? How is that like on your end, creating a formula on a computer? Yeah, like it's just, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that because that's so uh, distant from what we thought that it was. Well, basically, I mean, I'll smell a formula and be looking, or uh, yeah, I'll, I'll smell my fragrance and be looking at the formula at the same time. And it's, just about making intelligent guesses of what to do for the next, you know, yeah. for what you're going to send next. And you send in a batch. Mm-hmm. So like if if you if you told me, you know, my sea salt watermelon little accord, if you smelled it on me and said, oh, it smells so nice, but I wish it was stronger. Mm-hmm. Like that's a common, mm-hmm. common request. Then I can look at the formula and try, you know, several different approaches to do that all at once. So that way I'm not like just oh, sending one and waiting for it to come right, back and right, then sending right. another. It's like, yeah. okay, let me try yeah. three or four different approaches to make this fragrance stronger. Sure. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That makes but way with more Carto, sense. <laughs> yeah. Carto though, it is truly like iterative of you do one, you smell it, you think, you do another. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's it's quick. So two different approaches. Yeah. Do you find that I'm sure that doing it with a computer would make reproducing a scent way more precise than it would doing it by hand? Do you find that that is true as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason why we have everything on the computer is Mm -hmm. it means that we can always make an exact copy, right? Because Mm -hmm. if, if what you, again, if you're the client and you said, Oh, this, Sea salt watermelon fragrance is perfect. We're going to buy it. That means that what I made for you in the lab on a small scale is going to be able to be reproduced on a large scale in our mm-hmm. factory mm-hmm. as well. Cool. So it makes everybody happy that way. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It makes your job a whole lot easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it comes to AI, I feel like the beauty industry is like very, very hyped on incorporating AI into everything. And it is really cool to hear how it's like, actually helpful for you just to do your job <laughs> like mm-hmm. i do feel like there's a lot of um like so many people are like oh ai can help us choose fragrances we love or ai can help us you know create fragrances based on 
algorithms. Like, is that in any way like incorporated into how Carto can create fragrances? So Carto overall is a tool to help perfumers. And one tool that we have, you know, have on Carto at our disposal is some AI propositions. And, you know, AI is like us, it's constantly learning. So there is Mm -hmm. data that we are using, looking at physical chemical data of raw materials, of past formulas to help suggest dosages or Mm. ideas uh, of of propositions of raw materials. But ultimately, Carto is a tool for the perfumers to help the perfumers. It's helping us be creative. It's helping liberate us from, you know, as you as you guys kind of alluded to the the drudgery of like sitting (laughs) behind a computer, right? Mm -hmm. We're much more involved in the process when we're making a formula on Carto, but the perfumer is still at the helm, you know? Right. AI is not taking anything away. So like the knowledge that AI, or the data rather, it's it's based on all of the formulations that you guys are creating for clients or for yourselves or just however you're using the machine. Yeah, I don't totally know uh, how much (laughs) I'm allowed to say about all this data. I don't know. I'm just so so worried about... I'm always just, yeah, like I feel like what I was getting at was data collection is such a big issue now and what it does is that it basically reflects ourselves back to us in ways that like, like things that we didn't even realize was true about ourselves, but like it's in the algorithms, it's in the data. And I'm so curious if something like Carto or AI could ostensibly tell us like, what are the types of scents that we love unequivocally just through data? Like if data about us made a fragrance that said, this is going to be the most popular fragrance. Like I'm so curious what that would smell like. I don't think that that's what Carto's power is or even Mm -hmm. could possibly be because it's just so subjective, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I think about, have you ever seen or heard of, I think this came out of like OkCupid or something where they said like people who, like Sarah Jessica Parker was the most polarizing celebrity of people who found her attractive or not. And it's Mm -hmm. like those like polarizing people like they, but those were the only people that were getting fives. All the other people that like general that people were generally saying oh. were attractive were only getting you know fours, let's say. Mm-hmm. Right. But the the ones that were the most polarizing, people were like absolutely in love with them. Um, thought they were the absolute most beautiful people. And I kind of think about fragrance similarly. That you know, not every fragrance is for everyone, mm-hmm. but some fragrances that to you might smell awful to <laughs> somebody else, they're it's the best thing in the world and they can't, you know, imagine themselves yeah. without it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. It it's does. like the quality of the passion, not the amount of people who like it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Reminds me of Angel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I should reference. I don't know. When it comes to Carto and data though, am I right in saying, I mean, nothing, Carto is not consumer facing. So the data that Carto would be collecting is, tell me if I'm wrong here, data about the fragrances that you have made and are making and developing, not about the way that they're selling or how consumers are engaging with them. I'm sure somebody has that info, but it's not that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, correct. Okay, okay correct. cool. So, so Carto wouldn't be 
the you know the machine to take over and make like the one fragrance to rule them all because yeah. it's not dealing with us it's dealing with you right yeah exactly okay, that makes sense wow wow there was one fragrance the brand etat libre d'orange mm-hmm. they have a scent called she was an anomaly and they write on the website that it's a carta creation which is also i think what tipped us off to this mm-hmm. we're like i was just like oh what's that and the way they write it on their website is that they make it sound like this is a scent created by AI. So it sounds kind of like techy and sexy in that way. Yeah, for sure. And I was just curious how it's also what also one of their best sellers. It's the one that's all really? the in it, right? Yeah. It's the one that you and I both like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like I get it. Like I got a sample of it and I was like, oh, this is really pleasant. And like I feel like it has like a universal appeal. So I totally get why it's yeah, a bestseller. Same. But I yeah. feel like the way they talked about it almost made it sound as though it's a bestseller because it was designed to be like universally mm. appealing, which is why I was like, what is this Carto? What can it tell us about ourselves? So so yeah, is that the that case? So was it designed to be universally appealing? So because it's not my fragrance, like I, mm. I can't necessarily speak to the details just because I don't know them. Talk your shit, Dana. (laughs) (laughs) But the way that I understood it is that Carto made a surprising proposition. And that is what inspired the theme and the perfume. So again, I don't know the details. So I don't know if, if they took it and they said, okay, we're ready to go. That's it. Or if it was the spark. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Etat Libre d'Orange is a very experimental brand. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. They've exactly. made the world's most reviled scent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Secretions Magnifique. Secretion Magnifique. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm truly curious, like, who buys that? And what you're saying. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had the same question. Yeah. My, my cousin's husband, he's British, and we had this exhibit at the Somerset House in the UK, mm-hmm. and they were living in London at the time, and I invited them to come because I was helping, and they were showing a bunch of fragrances, and Secretion Magnifique was one of them, As but they don't say anything. The way the exhibit worked was like they had the fragrance there, and they like staged the room, and it was all about the emotions of the fragrance, and then you don't read about it until after. Oh. And so he like went through the exhibit and he is, they both are artists actually. (laughs) And so, you know, and went to art school together. That's where they met. And like, we're going through and he's smelling like, okay, whatever, whatever. I mean, there were other like fragrances that people (laughs) more typically wear, let's say. And we get to the room with Secretion Magnifique and he just smells the area. And he was like, this is it. This is this is the fragrance that my roommate used to wear at art school. <gasps> oh <laughs> my God. Sick person. And yeah. like, cause he always was like, you know, he, he couldn't, he didn't understand uh, what she was wearing or why. And so, and obviously he'd never smelled it before or since until we got to that room. And it, he finally was like, now I know what it was. <laughs> oh, damn. That sounds so like that's, a prank. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. No, that's who wears. That's who wears wow. it. Art, the art school students. I see that. <laughs> yeah, no, I can I can actually definitely see that. Yeah. I thought I was gonna love that scent and my God. Oh, it was violent. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely clowned me. Yeah, I think it's for, you know, it's for show. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I wonder though, like, 
I just from a bit, and this is not interesting. I'm sorry, but like from a business <laughs> perspective, like yeah. how does a fragrance for show work? How, how does, how do you justify that? I mean, they probably put it in their marketing budget. Yeah, you I mean, know? We're, yeah. we're fucking talking about it. So yeah. I can, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we could spend an hour on just that one fragrance, I'm sure. Honestly, we have. We oh, have. <laughs> so yeah, it's paying dividends for them. What sort of information does AI need to collect to be able to service a scent reformulation? And if that's not exactly how that works, can you... Tell me how. (laughs) Um, What kind of like programming has contributed to Carto's AI? I would just say like, like us, Carto is learning from data that's constantly being updated. You know, it's looking at past formulas. It's looking at the physical chemical data of raw materials. And it can suggest ingredients and also the dosages. So again, it's it's a tool that we use. And AI is just one piece of that tool. We've also programmed it, you know, to give some random suggestions, for example. And the idea is that there's a mix of AI propositions if the perfumer so chooses to, you know, to use them and also other methods to stimulate the perfumer. So the actual creation of a fragrance is not necessarily driven by AI, but if we want to call on AI, we can. Oh, Mm. that would be so cool if you can like, hit like a shuffle button and you can make fragrances on shuffle. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the idea is that again, with this, that would go into for me, the microsampling robot, because, you know, if you have five minutes, you know, why not just have something completely random printed? And I bet like 90% of the time it's junk, but maybe 10% of the time it, if you've spent those five minutes and it sparks something, Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's worth it. Wait, I'm trying to recall what you just that said. That sounds like a cool art project. That does sound. <laughs> yeah. It's wild to me that it can suggest notes and dosages. That's crazy. And then, okay, knowing that and how you said that, you know, AI is not the go-to for a perfumer, but you can call on it when you need to. Mm-hmm. Is there a time when you are trying to thread this needle. Wait, is there a time where you can call on it to um, you know, suggest a note to enhance a fragrance or, or push a fragrance? And if so, what does that look like? I think that one is is somewhat ah. tougher. Okay. Just mm-hmm. in general. Um, yeah. because like again, what does enhance mean? You know? Yeah, fair. For some people it might mean strength. For other people it might mean new facets. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I think that's the other thing that we haven't touched on is that, you know, as I've said a thousand times, Carto is uh, proposing ideas to you, but there's really a huge intention behind it because it doesn't know what it's doing exactly, you know? So if if you asked me for a rose, for example, mm-hmm. and I started to build a rose um, accord on Carto and I add a certain note that I know is in rose, but only to facet the rose, then it's still up to me to kind of go in and rebalance the dosage that it's proposing because it's just proposing an idea. Sure. And I have to be the one to say, oh no, that's just going to be in the background. That's not the uh, main okay. idea. Got it. Got it. You're the arranger. Right. Yeah. I guess in that same way, and sorry if this is like, too wide of a nut to cast, but how has Carto changed, not your job, but like how has Carto changed being a perfumer for you or has it? 
I would say one way that it's it's changed my job has been when I work with clients on it. Mm. Because again, with the quick sampling capabilities, it can help us sketch out ideas much, much quicker than we would be able to if I was sending them samples and waiting for their response and then going back to my computer and resending ideas and then resending them samples. (laughs) Like I can really get to the heart of what they want or don't want within Mm. one quick session. So I think that for me has been a big way that the tool has been useful. I don't think that was the original idea per se when Khalees thought of Carto, but I think that's also the amazing thing is that we're still, everyone has a different way of using Carto and we're also still sort of just scratching the surface in how it's useful to us. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was curious, like what kinds of uses and applications it's most beneficial for? Like, I don't assume that most perfumers are immediate, like as soon as they get a brief, they're like, okay, better go to the computer and like math this out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is it, do you think that most like people are, or perfumers are drawn to using it more and more? Or if, is it like a, if I'm stumped, I'll ask Carto for suggestions. Like, how does that work? Yeah, I think it definitely depends on the perfumer. I think being stumped is a great scenario where you can really get out of your typical, you know, work mode at, you know, looking at your formula that's just a list of ingredients. Carto is much more tactile and it actually, the visualization is different than being basically an Excel spreadsheet. So even just looking at your formula a different way sometimes can be helpful. The applications that it's useful for, you know, we talked about how great it was with clients. I like sketching completely new ideas because if you came to me and asked me again for a rose, I would probably already have a couple roses that I could start you from, you know, right, like, yeah. do we want more of a tea rose or is it a fresh cut rose? It wouldn't be as big of a lift for me to right. show you something like that. But if you came and said, you know, I'm really interested in a wasabi note, I, I would have <laughs> nowhere to start. So that can be when it's super helpful, but I'm giving you my personal take on it. And I actually think that As I said, people use the tool very differently and there might be ways that I haven't thought about that that it currently can be used for and then even future ways that we can still adapt it for. Totally. I know that we've talked about this a hundred different ways since we started, but I am very (laughs) dumb. So if I came to you with the wasabi note and Mm -hmm. said, I would love you to like recreate this for me, what would you then do? It would depend. First, I would ask you a lot of questions. Sure. Are you the next Etat Libre-Torange? Do you want a Christian Magnifique situation here? Um, uh, Like, you know, when are you planning on wearing it? Is this for a fine fragrance or a candle or, you know, whatever? I would ask you how much you're willing to spend. And I would ask you, do you want the feeling or do you want the exact smell? Oh, wow. Yeah, because wasabi is a textural experience. Exactly, exactly. I'm trying to think. I had a I had a client ask me for something recently. Oh, they asked me for like a sweet vanilla, but then it mm-hmm. came out that they didn't really want a sweet vanilla. <laughs> they wanted the comfort of the vanilla. Uh. So sometimes it's it's not even about the exact words. It's about mm. asking for the emotion they want. 
Oh, shit. That's so interesting because I bet you get a lot of briefs where people say things that they think they want and then you give them that and they're like, no, no, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like even when we read perfume descriptions and the notes and, you know, we we know our way around, you know, the fragrance wheel enough to know the things we like and the things we don't like. Mm-hmm. And there's, there will be so many times where we'll read a list off of like Fragrantica of a make of a scent be like oh that sounds totally up my alley like i love cardamom i love spice i love cinnamon yeah. i love vetiver patchouli whatever and then you get the scent and you're like what the hell yeah, is this like not this is that. not what i thought <laughs> yeah yeah i've been there too yeah. i totally understand it's the worst feeling it yeah i know it kind of sucks because it, it like makes me at least for me it makes me question i'm like do I know smells? Like I thought I knew. Or that. do I even know what I like? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so tough. It's so tough out there. Yeah, I think it's it. And as as we've said, smells are subjective. So yeah. everyone's trying their best, but that you know, just because you're trying your best doesn't mean that it's gonna click with right. the emotional aspect. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. The emotional aspect. That's. It's the missing part. It's like the robots can't make the emotion. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I think a lot of people, and I'm surprised you haven't asked uh, if I'm afraid if AI is going to take my job. Not at all. <laughs> I love that. Good. Not at all. I think the way you were describing it, I was like that. I don't think I got that impression at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's well, not like good. you can like say a brief and it's like, doot, 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 and then like spits out a fragrance. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's too, too many inputs yeah. and... And one input is impossible to capture, which is the emotions. Yeah, that is also, I feel like, the big disconnect between tech and beauty and AI and beauty in general is that, like, as much as people try to utilize tech to make beauty easier to do, to understand, it's like... But you'll never capture the emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's an emotional yeah. experience. It's a communal experience. Yeah. Like, it's a, 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 about connection and, yeah. and all the shit that you can't math out mm-hmm. you know yeah and fragrance yep. especially i feel like as successful as tech and beauty has been i have noticed that it hasn't quite broached fragrance yet i mean yeah. i don't know how many people are trying or to like what degree mm-hmm. but like fragrance is the one thing i do feel like a lot of people would probably wish there would be some sort of ai or tech that would be able to tell them like what something actually smells like like if we could have like smell vision like mm-hmm. That's like the one thing that everyone's like, yeah, like that's where the future is. But yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's possible. But at the at the same time, though, like I, people, and I, and I say this myself, I, I I'm people. Yeah. No one gives us the vocabulary for fragrance. Yeah, you know, that's I, exactly oh, what I was gonna say. You know, like that, whether it's notes or yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Well, we like in the fragrance industry, we've stolen a lot of the vocabulary from other art. So like accords, for example, are the small pieces mm-hmm. that make up a fragrance. And that is a chord, like yes. a musical chord, <laughs> yes, um, exactly. a chord of notes. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we just, in the English language, don't have a great vocabulary for describing smells in we general. Yeah. 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 So I think that's like step one. And in the industry... You know, we have certain definitions that we all agree on, but even internally and even in one company, you ask 
five perfumers what their definition for, I don't know, or you, or you give them a note to smell, they might classify it differently. So they might all, they might all agree that it's a green note, mm-hmm. but one person might say that it's grassy and another one might say it's leafy and another one might say it's, I don't know, appley. So it's tough, you know, as I said, we like the English language doesn't have great definitions to begin <laughs> with. And then we human beings cannot all like get in line and, <laughs> and agree on everything. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it's even like, you know, as, as big as beauty has become, there's, you know, YouTube and TikTok and people can speak all day about makeup and texture and, you know, makeup effects and application and skincare and this and that, but still fragrance is so opaque. And so even if, even if you had the technology to create something that I would love, I don't know that I would know how to say what that is. Yeah. Yeah. If I was just some random person off the street and or myself currently. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I guess that's where you come in. As you said, it's like you are the piece that can never be replicated by a character. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's interesting too, because I think sometimes people, people do have connections with certain scents and most of them are kitchen related. Mm. So Mm. like, you know, people know what a lemon smells like, an orange smells like, you know, even basil. So herbs and things like that, because they're using them often, often enough that it's imprinted itself in your scent memory. Yeah. Uh, I think it's sometimes more abstract things, like even a rose. I think people more or less know what a rose fragrance would smell like because it's so common. Right. But what what you would smell on the street as a rose isn't necessarily what a rose from totally. the garden would smell like yeah. or what a freshly cut rose bouquet might smell like. So again, there's like an abstraction there and we've become used to, you know, and acclimated to the rose smell of a fragrance. But then when you start to get to something like a tuberose, a gardenia, I feel like people who, who know fragrance know what those things are, but just the average person on the street would, you know, they, they would have no concept of what that fragrance, they might even, they might not even know that it's super floral, you know, to them, it might be more powdery and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially. So yeah, it's it's part of our culture too, I guess is what I'm saying in the US that we know certain things and we don't. And then also every culture is very different. That was an interesting thing for me to realize at the school based on the the sense that you do have around you growing up, because some things you might say, like if I said baby powder in the US, we all sort of can think and yeah. know what that smells like. Yeah. But the baby powder in the US smells very different than the baby, baby powder in France and the baby powder in Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that was an interesting piece too. Like in the US, for us, orange flower type notes often smell somewhat grapey or can go into this grapey territory. And that's wow. because one of the key hmm. notes in an orange flower is used in grape flavoring. What? So oh, what? yeah, so oh. a lot of grape like cough syrup or just grape flavoring in general, we're like used to it in that perspective. But in France, orange flower is is the typical fragrance of baby products. They have it in other things too, but they're just much more used to this orange flower type of fragrance. And so for them, you know, they love it. An orange flower, I feel like I learned this recently, is the baby version of neroli or it grows into neroli. 
So neroli and orange flower are the same thing in terms of the actual, like um, they come from the orange flower tree, you're using the flowers. The neroli is when it's a hydro distillation process of of the petals. And orange flower absolute is when it's a solvent extraction of the petals. But the starting material is both an orange flower blossom. How is that allowed? I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like I learned that they were the same thing recently. And I was like, no, they're not. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. They're so similar, but so different. Right. Yeah. Right. Damn. (laughs) I I feel like we, we... kind of waxed a bit about how we envision tech and beauty, but knowing what you know in your experiences, like how do you see the potential use for AI in the fragrance industry, like even going what Beyond Carto does? I think that we're really at the forefront uh, of what AI can do for us. You know, as we've talked about, Carto right now is a way to stimulate the perfumers. It's a creative tool for us and that we can use with our clients as well. But I think in the future, AI is going to really help offload some more mundane tasks that perfumers are often asked us asked to do. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it's going to free up our time to be more creative in general. A lot of our time is used to replace raw materials for a variety of Mm. reasons. And so if there's a task that we're doing every day and replacing similar types of materials, you know, that's sort of what AI is, uh, is helpful with looking at the past and what replacements are working in different contexts and then proposing those solutions. I'm also thinking of how we often have to adapt a fragrance for different bases because a client might happen to smell it in alcohol or in candle or whatever, and then want it in a different type of base um, because Mm. they just liked the fragrance so much. So if, I mean, if and when, I do think it's possible (laughs) that that AI will be able to help optimize a fragrance based on a different base application. And yeah, like I really think that this is coming and we have to embrace it because it's going to free us up to to be liberated and that much more have that much more time to be creative yeah that's so funny i like to me being a perfumer like i envision like a mad scientist lab and you're just like constantly making potions but then i'm like oh right it's just like a regular job and you probably have to do lots of boring stuff you don't want to do right (laughs) you said it you said it i mean it is like i'm not gonna lie it is a magical job that i love but like any job, there are certain tasks that I don't love. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Especially like, you know, at the corporate level, it's just every, it's like all hands on deck. Right. Yeah. 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 We, um, <laughs> we have a lot to keep us busy. That's for sure. I'm sure you do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful for it. Don't get me wrong, but I am hopeful, as I said, that AI is, is going to lead us into a new and brighter future. That was a party. That was a party. I love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like everything I thought about what Carto was was wrong. <laughs> oh, same. Fully same. I was like, wow, this is not what I thought it was at all. No, absolutely not. First question, I was like, can you explain what Carto does? And she told me, and I was like, fuck. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're here to learn. We are here to learn. This is a learning tool. That was so wild. And I love that 
she was very much like, no, like I'm still a perfumer. This well, is just a tool. Yeah. And I knew that. Totally. But I also really thought that like all of perfumers were just like at a lab. Yeah. Mixing totally. and sampling their own stuff. Like yeah. the old school way. Right. I didn't realize it was like you like use your knowledge to just write down a recipe and send it to a lab. But like you'd have to though. And no, I, I'm right. I'm right mm-hmm. there with you. But now I was like, oh, that's less fun. Think of it. I'm like, how do you, how did you remember how many drops you put in? You yeah. Know? It's like, no bitch. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like when we zoom out, sometimes I forget that like, oh, you also have a corporate job. Mm-hmm. So you're like doing all sorts of bureaucratic stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't involve just like smelling things and wafting around a lab all day, right. which is right. what I always thought perfumers did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. I love that, like, I just didn't have any idea, you know, like, she comes with an idea, and then the, or a formula, mm-hmm. and then Carto will suggest not only a note or a uh, percentage, and then she, the human, has to, you know, push back on the machine and say, okay, let me, let me sure take this, but at this percentage, or bump it up or dial it down. And I just, like, I don't know, not, it's cool that, you know, the computer will never make a fine fragrance. You know what I yeah. mean? Or make one that has any heart to it. Sure. Because exactly. you still need that human element. Yeah. How odd would it be if like in the future fragrances are made through robots? I think we're But also probably... it's like robots can't smell, so what if they develop the sense of smell? They probably already <gasps> have it. I've seen enough Will Smith movies. To yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like I feel like tech is always like how will we smell things through machines? Yeah. And so far we can't because scent is like the one thing that requires chemical stimulation. Right. Your sense of smell. Mm -hmm. So like we can't replicate that chemical stimulation in the digital sphere. Right. So fragrance is the purest. Wow. Fragrance is the purest art form. Yeah. I was like, finish (laughs) that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Can't NFT this shit. Right. Someone probably will. Right. We should, I mean, have her back on. I don't know for what, but. Yeah, just in general. Just a party. <laughs> well, that was our episode. Oh, oh, wait. We have a website now. Yes, we do. Yes. Yes, we do. Is that like, I don't know. Do people go to podcast websites? Let's not talk about it until we launch the. Oh, the. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is very actually soon. Okay, okay, okay. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have things coming. Yeah. We're finally going to make good yeah. on all the stuff that we have not explicitly said that we were going to do, but imply that we might do in the future. Yeah. And this is me continuing that implication <laughs> until the time it we happens. Have like, we have like one more thing. We have thing, one. Quality control. And yes. then like, we'll be good to go. Yes. Which I have to talk to you about as soon as we turn these mics off. Okay. <laughs> then we better turn it off then. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. At smellulator.mp3. Follow me. I'm at Tynan Buck. Follow me. I'm at Sabletooth Tigra. And leave us five stars on and, Apple Podcasts. And review. Y'all and have review. been wiling out in the review sections. And we read every single one of them. They're we so nice. <laughs> really appreciate it. Yes. And until next time, we will smell, smell you later. later.